podcast, September 4th, 2016. Hey, what's up, FC? I love doing these things in the mornings. My voice just has so much class, you know? <laughs> Anyways, welcome to our podcast. I'm Bobby, and as always, thanks for hanging out with me on another harrowingly hot late summer day. Before we get to the sermon, here's what's happening right now at Foundations Church. Encounter Women's Service. Ladies, there will be a service just for you. No dudes allowed on this coming Tuesday evening after Sunday. Tuesday. But that's next Tuesday, right? Anyway, you will need to RSVP on Facebook. However, if you want childcare, it will be provided, but let us know on Facebook that uh, you'll need us to do so. Otherwise, come out and enjoy, well, whatever it is that goes on at these things. Also, we have a rad program that I'd like to inform you of if you aren't aware of it already called Lunch Buddies. We want mentors to head to Key Elementary and just have lunch with a kid once a week. There are literally dozens of children on a waiting list who just want to have someone hang out with them. So if you feel something that could be indigestion or guilt or maybe the Holy Spirit when I say those words, totes head on down to the Connect Center on Sunday to get more info or, you know, sign up. All right, without any further ado, I present to you our fearless pastor, Justin Graves, as he takes awkward fan selfies in front of a live studio audience. Good morning, everyone. Good to see everybody today. Um, we are glad that you are here at Labor Day Sunday. So good. Hey, next week, Foundations Church officially turns eight years old next week. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome to see what God is doing. Um, last Sunday, we had one of our biggest just regular Sundays. Um, and so it's really awesome to see found people, finding people, and God just blessing what's happening. Um, even looking around, this is a Labor Day weekend, and we still got a pretty decent crew here. So um, we are glad that you are here. And I want you all to know, if you feel like you have accomplished nothing else on Labor Day weekend, I want you to know everyone sitting here today, you survived the earthquake of 2016. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Um, it's, it's so funny. I had a birthday party for my best buddy. He's a, him and his family are here from Miami. And we, right when we walked in, we all started talking about where were you when the earthquake happened, you know? And so it's kind of, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, we're treating it like it's 9-11 or something. Like, where were you when it happened, you know? And, and I remember I was talking, I was on the couch. I was already awake. I was on the couch. I had just turned the TV on and like, you know, you can kind of hear it a little bit before it starts shaking. You're like, rumble, 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 rumble. And I was like, okay, the bridge is doing something or something's happening. And then everything started shaking. I'm like, you've got to freaking be kidding me right now. And I get up from the couch because nobody else is awake at this moment. And I went and got underneath the doorway, like an archway. And I'm just standing there like this. Because that's what I heard, right? You stand underneath the doorway, an archway. And Charlie wakes up, my oldest daughter, and she comes out and she's like, dad, what are you you doing? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> you know, I was like, there's an earthquake. And she's like, I know, Dad. And so she showed more of being a man than I did that day. Um, but it was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking to you about today. So um, that was free. Uh, today, we are talking about a sermon entitled Death to Selfie. Death to Selfie. And what I want everybody to do right now is I want you to grab your phone, Everybody grab your phone. I want you to throw it on the, no, I'm just playing. Um, I want you to grab it. I want you to open your camera real quick. Open your camera. And before we get going, I want to teach you. I, I started researching. So this is going to be interactive. So I'm going to have you hashtag 
you know, Facebook theology, when we get ready to post this on Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media site you want to do, hold on, don't do it yet. Um, this is the first time I'm actually encouraging people to take selfies in church. But in the process of researching this stuff, um, I am not a selfie taker. Um, if I take a selfie, it's for a joke. Um, I'm just not a big selfie taker. Uh, and, and in the process of researching this, I found out more stuff about selfies than I want to. There are websites to teach you how to take the best selfie imaginable. Um, there are selfie books. Like, uh, this, this blows my mind. There's actually a photo album for your selfie photos. Like, how does that go down? Somebody comes to your house and you're like, hey, you want to see a bunch of pictures of me? You know, here's one of me in this outfit. Here's a picture of me and my food, me and my dog. You know, how? I, I just don't understand that. But I got on, and, and, and I, I hate to admit this, but it's true. I started researching, and I came to a website called 17.com. It's the magazine for teen girls. And I'm going to give you six tips for taking a proper selfie. Now, I'm trying to erase this from my mind. Um, it's not yet happened. And all of the men out there, you're like, I ain't taking no selfie, that's for girls. There was stuff on GQ talking about men, how to take a good selfie, so shut up. Um, so, so six tips for the perfect selfie. The first one is this, tilt your head. This simple trick highlights your cheekbones and makes your eyes look bigger while giving off a total adorable vibe. Um, number two, find the perfect light. The right light will make your skin look amazing and your hair super shiny. Number three, wear your favorite bold lipstick. Wearing a bright lipstick will give, your, <laughs> will give your pick a cool focal point and will take your kissy face selfie to the next level. You are learning stuff. This is deep. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Find your signature pose. When you feel great, you look great. Find a signature pose that makes you feel hot no matter the situation. <laughs> Mm, if I feel it, I am it. Um, if I'm a 90-year-old grandma, but I feel hot. Um, fan yourself. Like literally, fan yourself. Oh yeah, I feel sexy right now. Like Megan Trainers, you know, you want to be me too. Um, still this photography trick to snap, I'm gonna shut that off because you're probably like, it's hurting my ears. Um, to snap magazine-worthy shots, use a fan to create glamorous movements in your hair. Just make sure to set it up a couple of feet away from you. Think, think light breeze, not tornado. And then this one, this is like, I'm not making, I didn't add anything to this. This is per website. Um, Hold the camera above your head. This angle will give your selfies an artsy feel while giving you the opportunity to show some of your cute outfit off. So what I want us to do, I want you to take your camera, uh, your phone. I want you to find the right lighting. I want you to tilt your head. Oh, I don't have mine turned around. But like the old guy with photography, I want you to make a duck face. 
and I want you to snap that selfie right here. Okay, there's my selfie. So, so a hashtag Facebook theology. Now, now here's the deal. I don't know how we got to this point as a culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how, how did we get here? I don't know if you've ever gotten in your car and you're, you're I still see everybody snapping selfies. This is awesome. Um, everybody's like, that one wasn't good. Now some of you are like stuck. You're like, we got it. The lighting's not right. You can't see it. Um, if you've ever gotten in your car and you have driven, you know, you get in your car, you're sleepy and you've driven and you get to the destination you were trying to get to, have any of you ever like gotten in the car and you got to your destination and you didn't know how you got there? You don't, you don't remember driving. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, where, where, how'd I get here? I don't remember turning, you know? I think that is what has happened with us as a culture and selfies. <laughs> like, I think we're just like, how, how did we get here? How did we get to where we were so self-indulgent? We are so consumed with self. But, but, but here it is. We're in a culture now that the selfie represents what society has become. We are very self-centered. And as a result, we've become very, very, very selfish. And today I want to give you the definition of what it means to be selfish because I wanna talk to you and I'm talking to me today about death to selfie. How do we kill selfishness in our life? Selfishness simply means this. To be selfish is meaning to have or showing no concern, but only for yourself and not for the needs or feelings of other people. Let me repeat that again. Having or showing concern only for yourself and not for the needs or feelings of other people. And I, I'm gonna apologize right now, AV team, you probably lost because I have switched this sermon all up. So Scott, it's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's me. Didn't you always wanna hear that in your life? It's not you, it's me. It's like we're breaking up again. But um, a lot, a lot, this is one of those messages, this is one of those sermons, this is one of those uh, mornings that we don't wanna admit that we have a problem being selfish because that doesn't sound good, right? We, we don't wanna admit, man, I, I'm a selfish person because you're like, wow, that's really kinda not good. And, and so what has happened is that selfishness in our life has become a blind spot. It's become a part of our life that it's there, but just like a car, sometimes you don't realize you have a blind spot until it's too late until you get over to traffic and you hit somebody and you're like, I didn't even see you there and it's caused damage. But once you learn a blind spot is there, you take actions, you look over your shoulder to ensure there's not somebody in your blind spot when you start changing lanes. And the same thing with our life. There's a lot of times, man, selfishness, it's kind of this blind spot that you don't realize is there. You don't realize it's active until it's already caused damage. And so this morning, my goal, my hope is that you and I, we would look at the blind spots of our life. We would look at the areas that we say, well, it's probably not there, but we would ensure that it's not there because selfishness, man, hear me, when selfishness gets in, it disrupts your whole entire life. And the first point I would want to say is this, is that nobody wins when you're first. When it comes to selfishness, understand this. This, this is just truth. Nobody 
wins when you're first. You don't even win when you're first. Your spouse doesn't win when you're first. Your kids don't win when you're first. Your parents don't win when you're first. Your friends don't win when you're first. Your, your team, your employer, your employee doesn't win when you're first. Nobody wins when you're first. It says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And I'm going to read this real slow because... Um, I, if you want some place, something to read out of the Bible, something to study, I would challenge you this week, just read 2 Timothy chapter three. Just read it over and over and over again because it is chock full of amazing, amazing applicable things. But 2 Timothy chapter three, verse one through five out of the New Century Version says this. It says, remember this, don't forget it, but remember this. In the last days, there will be many troubles. And why? Because people will love themselves. They'll love money. They'll brag and be proud. They'll say evil things against others and will not obey their parents or be thankful or be the kind of people God wants. They will not love others. They'll refuse to forgive, will gossip, and will not control themselves. They will be cruel, will hate what is good, will turn against their friends, and will do foolish things without thinking. They will be conceited, will love pleasure instead of God, and hear this, and will act as if they serve God, but will not have his power. And Paul says this to Timothy, the person he's mentoring. He says, stay away from those people. Stay away from those kind of people. And I'm just going to be honest. This is going to be kind of a hard message today, okay? And I'm not trying to hurt your feelings or my feelings. It's already hurt my feelings because I've already prepared all this. So I'm no longer selfish. You guys are. Um, but um, <laughs> you know what's crazy to me? I, re I read this. I read this scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And I realize this is what the church has become. We become people who act as if they serve God, but we don't have his power. We, we, we gossip, we tear one another down. And, and all, literally, Paul said this, at the very beginning of it all, where it all went wrong is they, be, they love themselves. They love themselves. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 through 24. It says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Verse 24 says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. I, I, can, I can do whatever I want. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. Yeah, 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 but, but, but it's not necessarily constructive. It's not necessarily beneficial. It's not necessarily improving your marriage. It's not necessarily improving your relationships. It's not necessarily helping your friendships. It's not necessarily helping your kid or your parents. It's not necessarily helping you become the follower of Christ God has intended. It may be allowable, but is it beneficial? And, and Paul said this, man, no one should seek their own good. No one. No one means no one. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. 
And what I see happen all the time, what, what, I, what, what, what I see happen all the time for us as followers of Christ, as people who are trying to pursue Jesus, is that we really truly do this. We take the Bible and we want to make the Bible fit our lifestyle instead of making our lifestyle fit within the Bible. We do. And so we'll take a scripture here, we'll take a scripture here, and we'll take it out of context. We'll say, well, we'll find a pastor that will preach something that makes us feel better about our lifestyle when that's not the goal of the Bible. The, the, the Bible is so that our lifestyle would change. One of our values is that we are, that growing people equals changing people. That if you're growing, we're changing. And our, our lifestyle is fitting within the context of the biblical parameters instead of making the Bible fit within our lifestyle. And we wanna say, well, that's not applicable to me. That's not applicable to me. That's not, I'm not, you know, and, and my situation's different. So it's okay if I'm being selfish, it's okay. But you know what happens when we become selfish? We get a case of the what about me's. The what about me's? What about me? You, what, I, I hear what you're saying, Justin, but what about me in my marriage? What about my needs? What about my situation? What about my, my timing, what about everything happening for me? What, 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 what about me? And we've turned all of our love and we've turned all of our actions about how we feel instead of how we're commanded. And we operate out of life based on our feelings rather than how we're instructed to operate through life according to the scriptures. And it's crazy what we have made love make. Can I tell you, love isn't selfish. It's not selfish, it's, it's, it's not about me. It's not about you, it's not a me party, a party just for me, no, no, no. It's about others, and, and hear me, no one wins. Your relationship, your marriage cannot thrive when you're being selfish, when it's all about you. In fact, it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, out of the message translation, I love the way that this reads. It says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. It, love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything. It trusts God always. It always looks for the best and never looks back, but keeps going to the end. But can I tell you, selfishness operates the exact opposite way. Selfishness always gives up. Selfishness cares more for self than for others. Selfishness wants what it doesn't have. Selfishness struts and has a swelled head. Selfishness is always me first. Selfishness flies off the handle. Selfishness keeps scores of other sins and revels when others grovel. Selfishness lies. It doesn't put up with anything. It trusts God when it's convenient. It always looks for problems. It always looks back and it never makes it to the end. That is selfishness. I gotta tell you, hear me. If some of you are having problems in life, in your relationships, in friendships, at the office, wherever it may be, there's a great indicator that somebody in the relationship has become selfish. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Dead Sea, but the Dead Sea 
has a salt content that is insanely high. And so no plants, no living creature, no fish can survive within the Dead Sea because the level of salt is just toxic. I mean, you just, nothing can live in there. And so anything that comes in contact with it dies if it's living. I mean, you can go float and swim, but like a fish, no way. You know, plants, no way. And that's what selfishness is, is that selfishness literally kills everything it comes in contact with. And it destroys it because hear me, no one wins when you're first. And some of us, we constantly demand that we're always first. It says this in James chapter three, verse 16. It says, for where, where, wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Wherever you find selfishness and jealousy, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. If your relationships right now, if your life is just dysfunctional, can I tell you there's a good, good chance according to the scriptures that there's jealousy or there's selfish ambition or both. It's a, it's a big deal. So how do we get past it? How do, how do we get past always being First, I, I gotta tell you, my youngest daughter, Chloe, she is this way. If, if we go to an amusement park, she is like running, jetting to get in first. I, I'm first, I'm first, I'm first. You know, it, it becomes a mindset. And, and I mean, literally, she will race my dad, her papa, and they will run, my dad's running against her just to make her mad. They will run and she will almost pass out running around Disney World or Silver Dollar City or wherever we might go. Man, to be first, I'm first, I'm first, I'm first because everybody else is competition. And some of us, we're living our life like that way and you are exhausted. And everybody around you is exhausted. Can I tell you, man, being in a relationship, my wife is not selfish, so let me say that. I, that almost came out really wrong just now. But if you're in a relationship where a person is selfish, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. So how do you get past always being me first? Well, you realize that third place is best place. Third place is best place. Um, one of my friends, Mark Allen, he's a, a professor at SMU down in Dallas, and he took a bunch of students all around Europe, rough job, um, all around Europe to look at different museums. And they came to a certain museum where Van Gogh's picture, painting of sunflowers was up against the wall. And I don't know, if you follow art, that's awesome, I don't. I'm not into art, I'm not into being classy, I'm into being me. Um, so. Um, there, there's this picture and it's hanging on. I mean, this is the picture. This isn't a copy. This isn't a print. This is the original Van Gogh in the museum on display. And he said it was crazy. People were coming up and they would come up and they would just click a picture, a selfie, literally a selfie of themselves taking a picture in front of the sunflowers and then they would walk off. And they never turned around to look at the picture of the sunflowers. They never turned around to take in the very thing that they came to the museum to see. They missed the very main thing, the point of why they were there. And can I tell you, that's what selfishness does. It makes you miss the main point of why you're here. It makes you miss 
the main thing that Jesus commands us to do. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39, he said this, and he said to them, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know what's crazy? Jesus never talked about loving yourself here. In fact, self doesn't come up. He says, man, your job is to love God and love others. That's it. It's not complicated. It's to love God and to love others. And if you're at a place somewhere, you know where your place is? It's third. It's third place. Third place is the best place you can be. Nobody goes to the Olympics hoping to win a bronze. Like, I want a bronze. I want a bronze. That's the third place loser. You know what I'm saying? That's how we, that's how we think. Like, if you get a, a second place, you're like, you're the first place loser. You know, um, that's, that's what we think. You're like, that's really good, but you didn't win. You know, um, and, and we kind of have this mentality when we go through life. We don't think about being third. Oh, sure, I, I, can, I can love God. Yeah, 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 I got that. But others before myself? But Jesus said this, if you're gonna follow after me, if you're gonna be my disciple, if you're not just gonna be a clone, man, if you're gonna follow after, I mean, if we're getting real here, if you're gonna be a true disciple of me, you've gotta deny yourself. You gotta not have a case of the what about me's. You gotta deny yourself. You gotta pick up your cross daily and follow after me. You have to die to yourself daily. You have to be selfless daily. You know, Galatians chapter five, verse 20, verse 16 through 20, uh, the New Century Version says this. So I tell you, live by following the Spirit then you will not do what your sinful selves want. Our sinful selves want what is against the Spirit, and that Spirit wants what is against our sinful selves. The two are against each other, so you cannot do just what you please. And that's where some of us have gotten lost. We have just been living life like we please. We do what we want. We do as we please. I'm an adult. I'm a man. I'm a woman. I can do what I want. You can do what you want, but going back to Paul, man, yeah, everything you can do, but is it beneficial? Is it bringing life change? Don't seek your own good, but seek the good of others. Man, you, you're, you're just living how you please. But if the Spirit is leading you, you're not under the law. The wrong things the sinful self does are clear. And Paul gives just a, a gamut of things. He says, being sexually unfaithful, not being pure, taking part in sexual sins, worshiping gods, doing witchcraft, hating, making trouble, being jealous, and being angry. Now here's the deal. Like most of us, we can kind of get on board. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get I, Witchcraft, absolutely. We should not worship the devil. Get it. You know, I'm like, check, I am good today. You know, serving, like worshiping other gods, get it. I'm all about Jesus. You know, we, we, we're, we're pretty good at this point. We're like, yes, I'm so good. Doing good. But Paul keeps going. And in the same list that he lists these in, he says being selfish. He groups that in with witchcraft. Why? Because it's a big deal. 
making people angry with, the, with each other, causing division among people, feeling envy, being drunk, having wild and wasteful parties and doing other things like these. I warn you now, as I warned you before, those who do these things will not inherit God's kingdom. But the Spirit produces the fruit of love, of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law that says these things are wrong. And I want you to hear Galatians 5, 22 through 23 out of the Amplified Version, the fruits of the Spirit out of the Amplified Version. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His present presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, Patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. That is so good. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says this in verse 24 of the same chapter. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus has crucified their own sinful selves. They have given up, hear this, up their old selfish feelings and the evil things they wanted to do. We get our new life from the Spirit, so we should follow the Spirit. Can I say, your sinful self follows yourself. It does. But your Spirit-led nature follows the Spirit. We must not be proud or make trouble with, the, with each other or be jealous of each other. Philippians chapter two, verse three through four says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And we're gonna end with this verse right here. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, humble yourself. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Be third. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Dr. Albert Schweitzer said this, it says, life becomes harder for us when we live for others, but it also becomes richer and happier. And my question is this to us today, how are you at looking out for others. When's, when's the last time you've put others ahead of you? Because what happens a lot of times for us, you know, we, we do good, some of us, we do good at this when it comes to our friends. We do good at this when we have company that comes in. But how are you at looking at the needs, putting the needs of others first, of you being third with those you're closest around. Because it, it, it just happens, it's just true. What happens so many times is those we say we love the most, we never serve. Those we value the most, those who, who man, we would do anything for, we never do anything for. And we are the most selfish with those we love the most. And I'm gonna challenge you this week. Man, I'm gonna challenge, be third. Be third. Realize the truth of this 
this point is that when I'm first, nobody wins. But when I'm third, when I'm loving God first and I'm loving other second, man, my life starts living in the spiritual nature, my new spirit-led nature instead of my own selfish nature. And if, if something's gonna change, you can't just pray about it today. This isn't a, a message we just pray about. This is something you and I have to apply because I say it all the time. Information isn't enough alone. It's when information plus application, that's what brings a transformation. And if you need a transformation in your marriage, if you need a transformation in your relationship with your kids or with your parents or your family members, if you need a transformation in your friendships, if you need a transformation just being who God called you to be, be, stop living your life for yourself. Start living it for him. And let there be a death to your selfie. Put yourself third so that God may be glorified in all that we do. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And Lord, I come before you and man, this is one of those, those messages. It's, it's tough. Because our nature is selfish. Lord, we're born selfish. I mean, the most selfish people in this church are in the nursery. They're babies. It's feed me now, change me now, let me sleep now. It's all about me, 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 me. And we come out that way. We come out pre-wired to be selfish. And, and there's got to be a collision. There's got to be a, a, a just a exchange that happens. That Lord, something happens from our old selfish nature where we're just living by how we feel. And there's a change that happens and we start living by how you've called us, how you've commanded us, how you've instructed us. And Lord, that doesn't mean that we live by feeling anymore. That's, our, that's our, 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 our selfish, sinful nature. But Lord, we start living based on how you've instructed us to live. Lord, I just ask this morning that every single one of us in this place would check our blind spot. Lord, we've thought, no, there's no problem, there's no issue, but Lord, I pray that we would inspect. Lord, that we would take a look and say, am I, am I, am I truly serving others? Am I looking after the needs of others or has it just become all about me and how I feel and how, what I want and the timing that I want it? Look, nothing can change unless you bring us to this point. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring us to this point, that you would instruct us, that you would lead us. That, Lord, in the process of what it says in Galatians 5, where there's two natures at war, there's our old sinful self nature and there's our spirit-led nature. God, I pray that this morning your spirit-led nature would just win, that it would win out in our lives, that it may produce a love, that is a selfless love for others. That it would produce kindness, that it would produce joy, that it would produce peace, patience, gentleness, and self-control. Lord, I pray right now that that would win out in our lives. Lord, the only way it happens is that we choose to be third. So, Lord, I pray, help us. Help us and move in us. 
so that we may be better followers of you, that we may deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow after you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With head down.